If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holland. Turn or push a button to. First uh, Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16. And uh, today we're going to continue in our series <clears throat> on the Jesus reality. And what we've been discovering is in this person, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the incredible benefits that have come to us by virtue of his life, death, burial, and resurrection from the dead, and now his position that is where he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. All of that has brought nothing but good things into our lives. And what the problem in the church today is that I continue to run into this, if, if not in myself at times, but in others as we talk about the scriptures and things and maybe some problems that people are going through. And that is that a lot of times we have our thinking messed up concerning this new covenant. A lot of Old Testament thinking is still in our new covenant reality. And I'm here to help you today and over the next few weeks to get your mind right concerning this new covenant, concerning what Jesus has done for you. Because if you don't understand it, then you rob yourself of what he has for you. See, there are a lot of Christians out there spinning their wheels in prayer and they can't figure out why they can't seem to get anything accomplished in their prayer and their belief because they've got so much wrong thinking going on. And when we understand, when you and I understand the, the liberation that Jesus brought to us, he made a new and living way. Old things were passed away and all things were made new and we were brought right into, by virtue of the blood of Jesus, right into a perfect right union with Almighty God. It's incredible that God no longer was just God out here and we were lost roaming the earth aimlessly, he welcomed us as our father. Hallelujah. He brought us right into his family so that we're not just servants serving a master. We are the children of God. And you know as well as I know that children in a home have way more benefits than the people who come and visit. Everything in that house belongs to them. Everything that I have in my home, my kids have. They own it. They know they do, too. Sometimes I have to tell them to chill out a little bit, but it's all theirs because they're my children. You, the, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, how <clears throat> that God did not spare his own son. I mean, if he would give you Jesus, then he would certainly give you anything else because Jesus is the most precious precious thing to God. And if he would give him up for you, there's nothing that he would hold back from you. How God, I mean, uh, he, he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Say, that's me. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? And we talked about the area of tithing for a couple of weeks and how that we've been free from paying tithes and liberated to give our tithes and offerings to the Lord. And how that by doing that, we make the connection that we are blessed of God. That we bring that there understanding that we are of God most high. Hallelujah. That we have a covenant with Almighty God. And when we bring these things into the house of God, we also give witness that he lives. That we serve a risen God. And the Bible says that he 
whom, of whom it is witness that he lives, receives tithes. So even though you bring them into the house of God and we receive them here and we do the work of the ministry here, they're in heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ himself, our high priest, is still receiving tithes. It's incredible. By those who give. You give as you purpose in your heart. And then last week we talked about the presence of God. The, the erroneous thinking about the presence being in certain places and how God at one time lived in a box in a room behind a curtain called the tabernacle. But hallelujah, when Jesus said, it is finished, our Father God, the Bible says that he, the forerunner, went behind the veil for us. And when that happened, God took that curtain that had separated us from him. It was never his intention. It was never his plan to be apart from, from the people of God. They asked for that. They asked to put God in a box in a room behind a curtain. But God said, no more of that. Hallelujah, by virtue of the blood of Jesus, the once for all sacrifice for all mankind, all of that blood of bulls and goats, could do was just cover, could just appease for a year, and then they'd have to do it over and over again. But this man, Jesus Christ, the mediator of a better covenant, came, poured out his blood, and it served for all mankind, that all could be free, that all could have free access to God. And God ripped open that curtain, and he moved out, and he moved into the hearts and lives of his children. Hallelujah. So that presence of God is not somewhere that you would go visit or hope to see. It became something that lives on the inside of you, a very present help. Hallelujah. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I am with you to the ends of the earth. Now I'm going to take that a little step further today and talk about the anointing because there's also some funky thoughts about the anointing. All right. And here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see a real special moment that happened in the life of a young shepherd boy. It says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now, not Ramah. That's right. Ramah. We, we talk about Christ for the nations here, not Ramah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ramah's a great college. Great. Um, anyway, he went to Ramah. So look at this. What happened was David was anointed and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The anointing in the Old Testament represented the coming of the presence of the Holy Spirit upon a person's life. And we see that, that it was many people were anointed for different offices. As we see here, David was anointed to be king of Israel. There were also those who were anointed to be prophets, those who were anointed to be priests or even judges. And uh, they were anointed for that specific office. And, and there were times throughout the scripture you read that there was only one person in the entire nation that was anointed. Whether it was a king or maybe it was just a prophet that was anointed, sometimes there was nobody. And we have this idea oftentimes of this Old Testament thinking concerning the anointing, thinking that it's only for special people, you know, like Dr. Holler, uh, Benny Hinn, Joyce Meyer, Joseph Prince, just for those special people. It is true that God does anoint people. But we need to understand is the anointing represents the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit isn't just on the priest. He isn't just on the prophet or the king. 
Oh, hallelujah. He's in the life of every child of God. And I want to tell all of you here in this room today, as you're going over to Acts chapter 2, everybody in this room today, is, as a child of God, is anointed of God. And I need you to all just say that right now. Say, I am anointed of God. Say it like you mean it. I am anointed of God. All right. So we're going we're gonna to dig further into this, but he, uh, um, Acts chapter 2, we know what happens there in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so when this happened, this is a miracle that took place because there were people from all over these different nations, and they heard them speaking in tongues, but they all heard it in their own language. It was a miracle. In verse 16, Peter begins to explain what's going on. And he stood up in their midst and he says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Guys, this is what the, the prophets were looking forward to. This is that moment right now. This is being fulfilled right now. That is, and it shall come to pass in the last days. And let me just say that, this, that we are all in the last days even still now. It will come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So all flesh means what it, it says, all flesh. All right? Now, if you're a child of God in here today, I'm, I think you all have flesh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. How many Christians are in the room today? Raise your hand. How many of you have flesh? Yeah. If you don't know, pinch it and remind yourself that you do. So then if you have flesh, then you have the Spirit of God on you. If you have the Spirit of God on you, then you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. Yeah. It's that simple. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Woo! And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, <clears throat> I want you to notice that seems to me that following any kind of talk of the Holy Spirit or his power, there's an action that follows. There is a function to it. This is what the anointing is. The anointing of the Spirit of God is the function of the Christian condition. All right? Now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Everybody say, it's in me. It's in me. And listen to him. It's there to stay. It abides in you. It dwells in you. It's not going anywhere. Amen. So the anointing of God, now it's important that you really understand this today because then you will have to understand this. When you understand your anointing, that means you are anointed to do something. All right? Jesus said over in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel, set at liberty those who are captive, bind up the brokenhearted, and do all those things. But he said he's anointed me to. So you'll, you are anointed to action, to do something. All right? Do you get that? Uh, and and, and I, I want you to understand that because there are, there are people today, even in our time, which is very sad, you see them on TV sometimes, that, that act like that you have to be in their meeting to, to really experience the anointing. That they have a specific special anointing that you got to have. And they make you think that if they don't pray for me, then my prayer won't get answered. Because that guy is really anointed. And I'm not saying that he's not anointed. You know what? Chances are he is. But that doesn't mean you're not. You're anointed too. 
As a matter of fact, the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The very same spirit that was upon him who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil for God was with him, that very same spirit is in you. The same spirit's in Dr. Holler is in you. The same spirit's in Benny Hinn's in you. The same spirit's in Joyce Myers. It's, it's in you. So God anoints all of us to do what he has given us to do. Amen. As I'm standing here teaching you today, I'm operating in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. As I preach and as I pastor this great church, I'm anointed to do so. Because I'm telling you right now, if I wasn't, I wouldn't be doing this. Wouldn't be doing it. But I found out something about the anointing. It's way more fun to be in the function of the anointing than be out of it. It's way more fun and satisfying and fulfilling to do what God has called you to do because when you do that, then you, the anointing is his power and his ability and his grace right there in your life. Yeah. See, then you get in a flow rather than a struggle to try to make things happen. I am, I'm doing that at this point, standing here teaching you, preaching. But when I walk out of this building, I'm going to step into another facet of the anointing in my life and that's called the anointing to be a husband and I can't listen to me and some of you preachers Pastor Everett you probably give witness to this Pastor Holler that you when you go to your home you can't really flow in that pastor anointing because your wife needs the husband and I've tried to be the pastor to my wife mm mm Tried to preach to her sermon. Oh, honey, I'm anointed God. Let me tell you something. You better understand who you're married to. Preach to her. And you know what? You know what it did? Nothing. Just made her mad. That's all it did. So we flow in these different aspects or dimensions of the anointing that God has called us to do. So... All of you here then are anointed. See, where are you in your life right now? You're anointed to do it. You're anointed to do it. If you're a dad, you're anointed to be a dad. Husband, banker, bankers can be anointed. Teachers, plumbers. Just name your occupation. Just say it out loud. Yeah. Y'all didn't sound all that convinced. Or convincing, I should say. We have a real sweet couple in our church, Danny and Ashley Moore. I don't know if everybody knows Danny and Ashley Moore, but uh, they've been coming to our church for some time. And on Friday, they gave, she, not he, she gave birth to little Harper Grace, seven pounds and 19 inches long. I mean, just a perfect little baby. Those C-section babies are pretty because they don't have that cone head. Nice and round. She's... She's just beautiful. And everything went so, just went smoothly. It was just great. And as I'm standing there watch, watching them with the family, and they had us come in and wanted me to pray over little Harper, and we, I held her in my arms, and we all just had a real special moment praying over her and thanking God for her life and what she's going to bring to this family. And I, I, I was taken back to the day I remember Maddie Claire was born and thinking, what in God's name have we done? Holy cow, man, now we have this baby, not cow, but baby. Now we have this baby. What do we do? What do we do? And you know what I found along the way? There was anointing for it. 
there was a, there was a function to be a dad that I didn't know was there. But God helped me to just step right in. And it be, it, it's like it just kicked in. You just, your instinct just kicked in. And I told uh, um, Danny that he's going to be all right. He's going to know what to do because you follow the one who knows what to do. Yeah. All right? Um, so whatever it is that you, wherever it is you are, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter. You're anointed. Say that. I'm anointed. No matter where I go, I'm anointed. Amen. Whatever God has called you to do, he has certainly anointed you to do. Now, what is this anointing? What does that mean? Well, it is today, right now. It is the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, enabling you to do what God has called you to do. It's that simple. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the power of God in your life. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life, enabling you to do what God has called you to do. Now, let me say this. The anointing doesn't do for you what God wants you to do. The anointing enables you to do what God's called you to do. Amen. And it's in you right now. I know that because the scripture plainly says, Christ in you. And Christ means anointed one. So if the anointed one is in you, then his anointing is in you. All right? Now, I know I'm being pretty simple with you. I'm being very practical concerning the anointing. And maybe some of you, I don't know, you get ideas about the anointing, uh, that it, it has to do with a prayer line and all that stuff. And, that, yeah, there are times when that happens. But, listen, th- there's a practical use of the anointing. It's in your everyday life. See, God wants to be in your everyday life, not just looking for those special meetings and those special moments. All those, those are special and they're wonderful. But, ladies and gentlemen, we don't live at those conferences. We don't live in that other city. We don't live in that other meeting. We live life where we are, and we need that anointing functioning every day of our lives. Amen. 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 And we need to function in that, I should say. Christ in you, I love this, the hope of glory. Now, the literal Greek text of the hope of glory, this is really powerful. You'll like this. It says, the source of a lifestyle that is favorable with God. Wow. The source of a lifestyle that is favorable with God. So the fact that Christ is in you is what enables you to live that life that gives God all the glory. Amen. And the purpose of the anointing in your life is to show Jesus to this world. It is always, at all times, in every place, about Jesus. It is Christ in you, coming out of you to the world and the people around you. And like I said, it is a function. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said, But you shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that power is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and what? Then you'll go home and sit on your can and just say, Thank you, Lord, for the anointing. No, this says, And you shall what? Be witnesses to me. See, that anointing is what pushes you to act like who God says you are, to act the Christian lifestyle, to live the Christian way. Amen. So, I mean, we hear a lot of talk today, and I mean, I, as long as I can remember, about Jesus coming back soon, right? And how many of you believe that's still true? I still believe it, even though I've heard it since I was, you know, born. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. It could be any minute, could be any time. I mean, just any second it could happen. And even, I mean, when we were, uh, when I was growing up, I was convinced that it was happening after these movies came out about the rapture. 
Rapture of the Church. They were real scary movies. I don't know if y'all remember those movies back in the 70s called like Thief in the Night, A Distant Thunder. All, they scared the crud out of me as a kid. I was afraid to be out of a room with any of my family. Like if my mom was somewhere and I couldn't find her, well, I, my, my thought was, well, I missed the rapture. Well, I guess I was scared all the time about it. But there was all this talk about it, right? That Jesus is coming back soon. And uh, y'all remember Y2K and what a big deal that was. I mean, we knew people out in West Texas that were digging holes in the ground, storing water and gasoline and firearms and doing whatever, you know, just getting ready for the end times. And then and nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. Last year, May 21st, 2011. That was the day, right? It was on billboards all over the place. This guy spent millions of dollars on this campaign that Jesus is coming back May 21st, 2011, Judgment Day. Anybody, y'all remember the billboards, right? Harold Camping was his name. And so he talked about, he talked about how that's going to happen for sure, for sure, no doubt about it. Well, it didn't happen. As a matter of fact, I remember sitting out in Allen, Texas. We were watching some concert out there, and I was like, well, today's supposed to be the day. And it came and went. And then he corrected himself and said, I'm sorry, forgive me. Uh, I got a calculation wrong. It's October 21st, 2011, for sure this time. Well, we're all here. So is he. People have been trying to predict that all of these years, that Jesus is coming. They just try to set dates. You know, it's going to happen this month during this feast when the stars align. Everything's going to be just right. Hey, and I, I just, isn't it so frustrating when God won't do what you tell him he needs to do? Isn't that just so frustrating? He doesn't go along with your plan. King, Lord Jesus doesn't do what you, you tell him to do. <laughs> Say this, I am anointed. I am anointed because the anointed one lives in me. Hallelujah. Philippians 4.13, let's turn over there for a moment. I'm almost through. I want you to look at this. I think most of you are familiar with this verse of Scripture. But it says, I can do all things. How? Through the anointed one and his anointing who strengthens me. All right? Now, I love this verse. I really love this verse. But I don't like how people use this verse a lot of times. You say this verse and think, huh, I got an idea. Get in your car, drive down to Dallas, mark on, knock on Mark Cuban's door and say, I can do all things through Christ. I'm ready for the NBA. <laughs> and like I told the first service, uh, the way they're playing right now, you might actually could do pretty well on the Dallas Mavericks team right But they use this as like they're rubbing a genie lamp, right? I can do all things. I had to help this poor guy years ago. He was convinced. He'd quote this scripture and say, I'm going to marry Rebecca St. James. Y'all remember that Christian artist? And he said, I can do all things through Christ. I'm like, yeah, but uh, does she know about you and that you even exist? No, she doesn't. I can do all things through Christ, right? But what Paul is talking about here, he's really talking about his life and the call of God on his life. 
He talks about his experiences. Listen, I've abounded much and I've had very little. I've been to this place and that place. Listen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is, I can do whatever God's called me to do. And that's all that you're expected to do, ladies and gentlemen, is to do what God's called you to do. I promise you it's bigger than what you're seeing. Because if we don't think about what God's called us to do, we get lost in looking at other things and, and putting this scripture, applying it to other things that God has no plan in. If you just get busy doing what he's called you to do, I promise you, you'll be busy enough and happy enough and satisfied enough just following him, just doing what God says. Wow, what a thought. Just believing God and obeying God. What a great function of life, huh? And I want to tell you that today because there are times that you can look at somebody else and go, man, I wish I had that kind of anointing. I wish, hey, why do you want to be a copy of someone when you're a masterpiece all by yourself? When you were all, God made you an original. He made you just the way you are. He anointed you just like you are. You've got to be happy to just be you in Christ. Be who you are and do what you do. Hallelujah. Listen to me. You have this power in you. And so when you go out here out of these doors and go into your work week, you can go there and you can pull on wisdom from God. You can go there and you can pull on power and strength that nobody else out there, the the people that don't know God, don't have. Right where you are, you can function in that anointing. Hallelujah. And God give you ideas. God give you ways when you don't see ways because he knows the way. And when you're connected to him, when you understand he's in you and you have that Christ in me consciousness, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot be stopped. It doesn't matter where you are. Then your happiness will not be conditioned upon where you are or how much you're pay, what, what you're getting paid or, or, or not paid. Listen to me. Your happiness is in the fact that God's with you. Yeah. And that any minute, any minute, you're ready to be used by God. You're ready to function in that anointing that resides in you. Because at the end of the day, though education is extremely important, and I highly recommend it, and though experience is, extre- is important, and though your opportunities are important, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, this sighing, crying, dying, hurting world needs an encounter with Jesus Christ, the anointed one in you above all of those things. He's the difference. He's the reality that men and women need in their lives. Nobody in their right minds could have known How could they have known just two and a half days ago in Aurora, Colorado, how could they have even known that that would be the last time some of them would ever, ever breathe a breath? How could they have known? They didn't know. They're just going to see a movie. And I wonder how many many of them didn't know God that went into an eternity of destruction. And godlessness, lost forever. And I wonder how many people in their life that had an anointing of the Holy Spirit had Christ in that that just just didn't function in it. Just didn't do it. Could have been as simple as, hey, man, I want you to know Jesus loves you. Hey, listen, if you'll surrender your life over to God, he'll change everything for you. God loves you. God loves you very much. Jesus Christ died for your sins. You don't have to die for your sins. He died for your sins. He was buried in a tomb. He rose again three days later. And whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the words that save men. That gospel is what saves people. 
Do you understand how important it is that you get in that flow of the anointing in your life? Because it very well could mean somebody's life depending on it. Or who knows? Maybe somebody could have helped that young boy, that young man who did all this horrific th- those horrific things, who shot all those people up. Who knows? I don't know. But all I'm saying is every day of our lives, there are people passing us by. There are people that God's putting in our path. And we have to continue to remember that it's Christ in us. And that is our ultimate mission. That's our ultimate call. Don't get caught up in thinking that it's somewhere else. It's in you. Don't get caught up thinking it's some other time. It's in you now. All right? Can you receive that today? You know what? Why don't we just take a moment? I want to take a moment and pray for these families. Our president asked us to do this. And I want to honor what he asked us to do. We were going to pray for him anyway. But as Americans, it's a good thing for us to come together at this time and lift up our fellow countrymen. Father, we right now, we stand in this place. And Lord, we lift up our voices and we pray for these families who have suffered horrific loss and are in such grief and agony and, and confusion and anger. Father God, I can't even imagine. But Lord, I thank you that you are touched with the very feelings of their infirmities. Lord, you know, you know what to do. You have a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, and it goes beyond all of those things, all of those feelings, all of that, all of that wondering. It, it, it can just penetrate all of that. And we pray, God, for your peace to be upon these who have lost loved ones and friends. God, grant them your comfort by your spirit. Heal them. Heal them, Father. Lord, you are always able to take a bad situation and turn it around for good. We know this was not your will. We know this was not your way because you came to bring life and that more abundantly. We know that the enemy is out there to, to seek who he, may, who, uh, who he may devour. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And Father, I do thank you right now that the, that the Lord Jesus Christ, for this purpose, was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And Father... I just pray right now, Lord, for those who, who, who are looking, who are lost in their way, God, that even in this experience that they can find Jesus, Lord, that, that they'll hear the gospel, that they'll hear the good news that God, God is with us. God, God is our very present help. Lord, even this young man who was under the influence of the evil one, God, I, we thank you for justice being done. Lord, that, that, that the right thing would happen, God, that justice would truly be done. We thank you for our, our court system, Lord, that the right thing would be done. But, Father, I pray, God, for his soul. Lord, we pray for him. Jesus, you died for him, too. And, God, I pray for mercy upon him, Lord, for salvation. Lord, thank you, God, that you can penetrate the darkest of hearts. Nothing, nothing is outside of the bounds of your love. Nothing is outside the bounds of your grace. So, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, that you would apprehend this young man, that he would not be lost forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you for healing in the days ahead. 
Bless these investigators, all these, God, who are on the scene, Lord, collecting evidence. Lord, I thank you for guiding their steps, opening their eyes to see the right thing, connecting them to the right people who give the right story so that the truth can be known and justice can be served. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you guys for praying with me. I really appreciate that. I want you to stand right now and let's just say this together. I am anointed because Christ lives in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do what God wants me to do. I can do it because Christ is in me. I am blessed and I am a blessing. I walk in power. I walk in the light. I walk in strength. I am not afraid. I will not quit. I walk by faith. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I don't stagger at unbelief. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. I'm blessed coming in, and I'm blessed going out. I am strong. I'm full of God. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I have the wisdom of God. I have the knowledge of God. I bear fruit. I am the light. I am the salt. Nothing can defeat me. No evil shall befall me. No plague shall come near my dwelling. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. And because God is able, I am able. Hallelujah. Why don't we give God praise right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Father, I want to say thank you now for this time that we've heard your word. Lord, I thank you for this room full of anointed men and women of God. Lord, there, there might be someone here today who, who doesn't have that in their life because they don't have you in their life. And if you're here today, just at this moment, you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, I want that kind of power. I need that kind of thing working in my life, but I'm away from God. I don't, I don't have a relationship with God. I've not surrendered my heart to him. I have not accepted the fact that Jesus died for me. I've heard it said that he died for the world, but I've never received that he died for me personally. Today, I want to do that. I want to open up my heart to him and, and invite him to come and live inside of me. And I believe that he was buried in a tomb, and I believe he rose again the third day. And if you're here and if today and you just be honest with me today and you'll say Pastor Eric I need God today I need him I'm away from him either you're away from him or you just don't know him you've never you've never entered into a, a relationship with him through Jesus today don't leave here without that without that don't leave here in the same way that you came in make a decision believe believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved believe on him anybody here say Pastor Eric please pray for me that's me you're talking to anyone here Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace upon all of these in this room today. That where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Hallelujah. Thank you for changing hearts today. Thank you for making corrections. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging, for building, and for equipping your people today 
that as they go from this place, God, they'll go in the power and in the might of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Brandon, what else? Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.